Welcome to Mission Uplift. My name is Jen, and it is a joy to have you here today. If this is your first time visiting, welcome. And if you're visiting again, welcome back. We started 2021 with a theme and a focus of uplifting prayer. On Monday nights in January, we have live teaching on prayer on YouTube. This past Monday, we had the opportunity to hear from Monique Jennings, and she taught on courageous prayer. It was a phenomenal message, and I encourage you all to watch the replay. In addition to our Monday night live streams, we are also sharing weekly podcast episodes with interviews and testimonies on prayer. This week's uplifting prayer interview is with Dr. Rodney Orr. Dr. Rodney Orr is the Dean of the Dallas Theological Seminary DC campus and Associate Professor of World Missions and Intercultural Studies. He spent his formative years in Ethiopia and Germany and served with crew for 34 years, 17 of which were overseas. Dr. Orr taught at the Nairobi International School of Theology in Kenya and serving as executive director, helped build Africa Leadership and Management Academy, a graduate school in Zimbabwe. While stateside, his ministry focused on Yale University and United Nations diplomats in New York City. Dr. Orr is married to Enid, and together they have 11 children and four grandchildren. Check out Uplifting Prayer with Dr. Rodney Orr. Welcome back to Mission Uplift. My name is Jen, and I have the great honor of introducing you to Dr. Rodney Orr, who is the Dean of the DC campus of Dallas Theological Seminary. And he has been a great blessing in my life over these last several years as we've been able to be on a prayer team for the seminary the last few years and got to know each other and I'm so thankful for his life and his testimony of prayer. And so thank you so much, Dr. Orr, for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here. We, we just came from an hour of prayer in our group. And uh, it's just, uh, it was just such a wonderful time that uh, I think it's a privilege just to be able to talk about prayer and how, how good God is. Amen. Now, Dr. Orr, tell us a little bit about how, about you and also how you have grown to have this passion and love for, for prayer. Well, everything good that's come from God has come through prayer. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it's just the more that I pray, the more good things that I see happen. And I've just learned after 65 years, uh, praise God, uh, Friday was my birthday. I signed up for Medicare and, <laughs> and, uh, I'm glad to be alive. I'm glad to be in, in the land of the living. But everything that's happened in my life for those 65 years has been a result of prayer. And um, I have felt even that God was watching over me um, before I could even watch over myself. And he was caring for me, protecting me, keeping me, preparing me for what he had in store, which if you had told me, when I accepted Christ, that one day I would be where I am today, no way. But he does exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. Um, you know, I became a Christian when I was 11 years old in San Jose, California, at Memorial Baptist Church. And my mom told me to go forward when they gave the invitation, and I went forward. And they said, why are you here? The pastor asked me, what can I do for you? And I said, I don't know. I just, I'm here because my mom told me to be here and, and I'm obeying. And he put me in a new members class with my sister who was 12. I was 11. There was a 30 year old single guy and a couple who were 65. And we would go to the pastor's office and he would explain the gospel over six weeks. And uh, he led uh, me to Christ with the encouragement of my mom. And uh, 
I just wondered uh, the night we were all baptized together as a family, what does God have in store for, for me? And I remember just thinking, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and, um, and we'll see what God does next. And so my dad, who was in Vietnam at the time, and he came home and we moved to Fort Ord, uh, California and Monterey, beautiful place. I just kept going to church and to Sunday school, and we ended up in Ethiopia. My dad was a, 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 a military advisor to Haile Selassie. And then came a real change in my life. I ended up, because my dad was moving so many times, I couldn't find a high school where I could stay in to graduate uh, without moving two or three times in my senior year. So I ended up in a boarding school, uh, an all-male military boarding school called uh, Admiral Farragut Academy. And um, I didn't like it. <laughs> and, and, and I went to college with uh, the attitude that I wanted to make up for all of that. And at Purdue, it just so happened that the f my freshman year at Purdue, 1974, they had staff training in 73 and my best friend was led to Christ and he began to follow me up. I was already a Christian, but I had kind of wandered away from the Lord and, and, and I, I rededicated my life and I started seeing changes in my life. My grades improved, uh, you know, just, just so many changes that even the sim, the, 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 the uh, Purdue university gave me an award uh, that year, my sophomore year, for being the most improved student. And um, they asked, why are you so improved? And I said, it's because Jesus is now Lord of my life. And they said, no, 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 we don't want to hear that. Uh, we want to hear how you studied more, how you worked harder. And I said, I studied hard my freshman year. I almost flunked out. But Jesus gave me peace. And so I basically, uh, they said they would give me the award anyway, even though they, they didn't think Jesus made, it, made a difference. And that was my, one of my first experiences was how the world will respond to the Lord Jesus and, and, and his, his power. Uh, they try to deny it, but the reality is it's there and you can't, you can't deny it. And so... I was in ROTC, I graduated, um, got involved with Campus Crusade as a student, and my, my friend discipled me, and the campus director discipled me. And I remember I used to hide from the campus director, uh, but he uh, was so persistent. <laughs> and he just kept coming back again and again, and finally I just decided I wanted to grow and um, join the Air Force, spent five years in the Air Force, and then one night I was praying, I was praying just for God's direction, God's leading, should I make the Air Force a career or do something else? And I was reading Isaiah 42, six and seven, and it just became clear to me that he had something else in store for me. And so uh, I resigned at that point from the Air Force, uh, Uncle Sam, let me go, and, uh, and I went into full-time ministry with crew in Washington, D.C., and after three years there, came to Dallas Seminary on the GI Bill. Uncle Sam paid all my education at Dallas, and he uh, also co-signed on my house loan, and he has a space for me at the Memorial Cemetery already, just waiting for me to come. So uh, from the cradle to the grave. But um, after Dallas Seminary, we moved overseas to Kenya. I taught in a Bible school there for, for four years. And then we went to Scotland, to Edinburgh, and uh, did a PhD there in missions history. I studied African-Americans who went to East Africa as missionaries from 1900 to 1926 and then to Zimbabwe for 11 years to build a graduate school called ALMA, Africa Leadership and Management Academy. 
and then to Yale University as a campus staff to reach uh, Yaleys for Christ, which was the hardest ministry I ever did because they were so smart. Uh, I had a group of students who would just go out and scour the campus and bring people for me to share the gospel with uh, all evening long. It was the easiest ministry that I've ever done, but it was hard to find who were the hungry people. And then one day someone said, uh, aren't you the guy that built the school in Zimbabwe? Why don't you write about it? And I wrote an article and I presented it at a conference in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Steve Strauss was in the audience. And he came up to me afterwards and he said he had goosebumps all over his body <laughs> because he said that they've been looking for someone and they were wondering if it was me. And I said, well, uh, what is it that you want? <laughs> and he said, well, we want you to come and t teach at Dallas Seminary. And, and I said, is Howard Hendricks still there? And they said, yeah, he's still there. And is, is Stan Toussaint, is Dr. Pentecost, are they still there? And they said, yeah, they're all there. And I said, well, I'm not gonna be there uh, because those were my professors and I cannot even imagine myself being on that same plane. And so uh, you just have to find someone else. And he said, you know, you shouldn't make that decision. You should let us make that decision. Let us decide if you can fit in or not. And uh, let, us let us see how you do. And so I came and the rest is history. I've been here for eight years and I love, I love teaching. I love teaching uh, more than eating. And if, if I had a choice, I would teach rather than eat because it's so much fun. And I can't believe I, I actually get paid to do this. Don't tell the seminary <laughs> <laughs> that I actually, I actually am so amazed that they pay me to do what I love to do. And, and so all through my life, I think prayer has been just very important and Whenever I've needed direction, whenever I've been hurting, because I, I, I should tell you that my, my, my first wife passed away from cancer in, in 2017, and uh, I have never experienced uh, my life being turned upside down. I wouldn't wish anything like that on my worst enemy. And yet God met me again in prayer in my quiet time, Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I said to the Lord, I'm broken, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm your candidate here, I'm broken, I'm crushed. Could I have some nearness? And I, I just sat there and I just waited and God showed up. Now, don't ask me to explain how, it's just, he just showed up and I knew he was there and I, I, I have sensed his presence uh, ever since then. He's given me strength to carry on. And uh, of course now, you know, married again uh, with 11 children <laughs> as a blended family and four grandchildren. And I think my, my future prayer ministry is going to be just praying for all these kids and grandkids to multiply and become disciples. So that's my story. That's incredible when you think about an 11-year-old boy in California taking yeah. a, a step, going to a class, and who knew from, from that day that God would bring you all over the world really to to share about him to learn about him and to to grow in him and i can only imagine in your times both say in yale and in zimbabwe the experiences of prayer because completely different yeah. types of ministry and yet challenges in both places and a need to really press in to the lord yeah. You know, in Zimbabwe, we would keep a go bag at our front door so that uh, it had our passports, important papers, a little cash. 
just in case we had to get out of the country on a short notice. Um, at Yale, it was totally different uh, than that. And um, I would say this to the people listening, if, if you have not surrendered your life to the Lord, uh, this is really where it all begins. So, you know, once you surrender, then the possibilities become limitless and God becomes the one who is directing you and you become like the, the person who's, who's along for the ride because he is, he is opening doors, he's doing things that you could never have engineered in your own strength in a million years. And so I would encourage you in these first few minutes, if you haven't surrendered to him, then I would, I would encourage you to do that because until you do that, you're, you're really directing things on your own and good luck with that. I mean, I've tried it and it just doesn't work. And it's just a frustrating way to live. And I don't think that the normal Christian life has anything to do with you running your own life, but you surrendering to him daily, if yes. you have to, <laughs> moment by moment, mm -hmm. and seeing what he has in store. And I can tell you that what God has done, I, I just never would have planned it out in my own way of doing things. His ways are not our ways. It's amazing to think of that moment of surrender when you were nearing the end of your time in the Air Force and you were seeking the Lord and asking him for direction. Should I stay in the military or do you have something else for me? And I'm sure to a certain extent that was a, a sense of surrender, even coming from a military family, the certainty of knowing you'll have a paycheck with the military, you have your benefits. And yes. um, I'm sure that, that that was a step of faith. Yeah. It was, and uh, my parents were not happy about it, but, uh, you know, you have to follow the Lord, and uh, you have to obey His will, His direction. He is the master of your life, and even if He, even if he takes you through the valley of the shadow of death, you have to be willing to walk with Him because He's going to walk with you. You know, He's made a commitment to you, and, and so... Yeah, I, I feel this great sense of, I can't wait for tomorrow <laughs> to see what, what is he going to do next? Um, I just finished reading a book called Dream Big by Henrietta Mears. It's, it's actually not by her. It's, it's a story about her life. And, and all through her life, she was dreaming up these, these wonderful things that she could do to lead people to Christ and to build them in their faith. And one night she went to bed and she had this big idea and you were reading the book and she just never woke up. She was like 83 years old wow. and she had all these ideas. And, and I feel like that's a, that's a life worth living is when, you know, when you are serving him right up until the last minute and you've got more plans than you could possibly do. And God says, Nope, Nope, Nope. You know, it's time for you to come home. And I, I look forward to meeting him. I, I really do. And, and seeing all of the people that we have, have sent ahead of us. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful thing. But right now I've got 11 kids and we want to we, we see them grow and develop. And we've got big plans for, for them. And so we're praying for them. It's interesting. You had mentioned Ephesians 3.20, you know, earlier. And I... In my own life, that's a verse that's been kind of repetitive over the last few weeks. And when you reference the book about dream more, I think that part of prayer is is believing God for for more and trusting that He He always does exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything that we could ever ask or think. And I remember reading an article that you wrote in the DTS magazine several years ago talking about your ministry and how prayer was a, a component, a major component, not just in asking people to pray for you, but for those who you, who are funding them, your ministry and supporting your ministry, how you made it a practice to be in prayer for them and how you saw God just show up in incredible ways. 
Yeah, that was uh, required actually by one of the churches that supported us as missionaries while we were in Zimbabwe. And at first I thought, oh, this is such a pain, you know, just more administration. But uh, as we were seeing God answer prayer and cover our ministry in prayer, we realized that this is really where the ministry happens. And these people are actually participating in the ministry with us uh, by praying. And uh, we saw over 4,000 answers to prayer for, from about, about a 25-year period. And it was really wonderful to, to just realize how important prayer is. And so I wrote uh, that article for the uh, DTS magazine because I wanted to, um, I just wanted people to know how, how important prayer is. And I, I actually shared a passage of scripture from Psalm uh, 130, 138. Uh, maybe I can share a little bit of it. Absolutely. Okay. Psalm 138 is a prayer of thanksgiving uh, for answered prayer. And David, he says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, small g, <laughs> I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. And this is like the takeoff run uh, of a, uh, an airplane going down the runway. And David is, is just, he's praising God. He's thanking God. But then in verse three, it gives the reason that he is so exuberant about his praise. And that is, on the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased and it never tells you what it was that, that David was in, but it was a life and death situation, which he had a, he had a lot of them. But it, it was a serious situation, and God delivered him, and he was, he was excited. And this made him want to praise. Answered prayer makes you want to praise God. Yes. It gives you something to praise God for. You can praise God for who he is. And, and you should be able to go to town on that side, but you should also praise God for what he does. And that is your, your life should be an example of, of praise and thanksgiving. And if you ever run out of either, um, you know, something's wrong, just go back to the scriptures. And, 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 and I, I think the scriptures have also helped me to, to pray because I see in David this heart, that sees that if God is with me, I can do anything. But if God is not with me, if he removes his hand from me, then I'm on my own and I know me. I know what I'm, you know, and I don't want to be without God. I, I want to be in there. And, and I noticed how David was always concerned about the Holy Spirit being removed from him. And we have, of course, the promise of the Holy Spirit to seal us and and always be with us but that sin nature is still there and we gotta we gotta wrestle with it to try to overcome the fruit of it in the way we treat each other the way we care for our loved ones and our our, our the people that are important and even the people that aren't important how we right. treat each other so this this whole passage uh, in psalm 138 i call it Answered prayer energizes praise. And that's, that, that's really what I think this is about, uh, that, that David is just thrilled about God because when he prays, God hears him. Yes. And that, that should be enough to make you uh, energetic, just knowing that the God of the universe is waiting to hear what you have to say. You know, and, and, and he never gets tired. You know, he never gets, oh, when is this guy going to stop? When is he going to get finished? I wish he would be more succinct. But he's like, he's just thrilled that you want to turn your heart towards him. And, and I'm just beginning, I think, after 65 years, I, I'm just beginning to understand the privilege of, of, of being invited, invited into his presence. 
Um, I wish it hadn't taken so long. <laughs> I wish I had seen it earlier, but God is changing me and he is working. He's still working. You know, that's another thing that you can never stop learning. And prayer is so vast that you can, you can pray uh, one thing and then, and then the scriptures show you something else and you can pray over that. And, you know, in this prayer meeting that we just came from, you know, we prayed for about an hour. Years ago, I could never imagine praying for a whole hour. Like, what do you say in a whole hour of prayer? But I actually didn't want it to stop. I, I wanted to keep going. And I, I felt like, well, couldn't we just keep another, you know, 15 minutes or so? That has been a total transformation in my view of prayer and the value of prayer from, you know, when I was, I was young. And, and, um, and I, I always sensed this calling that, that, that God wanted me to, to come to him for strength, to come to him for help. But I, I didn't see the value in it. I thought I could do more. I thought I had the strength to do more. But now I'm realizing as I'm getting older <laughs> and wiser, I hope, that it's not my strength that makes the difference. You know, I can't lead people to Christ. Only God can do that. All I can do is, is share the gospel, is share the message. And he has, to, he has to take that and do what he's going to do with it. And I just feel like, wow, what a privilege. What a privilege. I was having a, a conversation with my dad the other day about prayer, actually, and he was a pastor uh, at a church in Queens for 32 years. And he, he said that on several occasions when he would have conversations uh, with people who were just in a very difficult situation, sometimes they didn't know the Lord, maybe they were new in the faith. But when he said, well, we need to pray, because he didn't have the answer. Some of those situations, I mean, in our, our humanity, we can't change anything. And he said there was one instance where someone said oh has it come to that and it's like what you were saying like there's this sense of and i think in us where we feel like we have to do more we have to be stronger we need to tough it out where uh, we have this invitation to come to the lord and and cast all of our cares on him and he's waiting for us to do that and I think it's in the world, definitely. And sometimes for people who, who just don't understand that aspect of prayer or recognize that it's not just about saying prayers, but it's a relationship with yes. Jesus, miss out on this amazing opportunity and privilege, like you said, of growing in relationship with Jesus, seeing answered prayer, being energized to praise God more. And I, I know that I have been so tremendously blessed to be in different prayer groups and circles where there's always such an amazing bond that takes place when you pray with people regularly, yes. uh, a bond in the Lord that you don't have to know a ton about their lives, but there's a bond in the spirit because you're coming together. And it really is a privilege. It's been a gift. And, and that's actually how I got to know you mm -hmm. in our right. prayer group. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how this prayer group was formed and, and how we've been praying together these last few years. Oh gosh. Uh, you know, it's just, as I think back on it, um, I, I remember a lot of pain, a lot of hurt going through. Uh, and it was really that time that uh, God brought this prayer group into my life and just kind of started the healing process. So Dr. Bailey actually invited uh, some of us to, to join together and pray for a committee that was putting together a statement on unity and community. And these were all New Testament, Bible, you know, guys. And, and we were just supposed to pray. And I, I remember thinking, you know, what a privilege to be asked to join a committee that prays you know, of all the committees I've ever been on, I've never wanted to stay on one the way I've stayed on this committee. I've never felt like, oh, I can't be on that committee anymore. I can't stand that idea. I've got to get on that committee again. 
And I have appreciated him appointing us to that committee. I think it was 2016. And something that really, I just have been so transformed by, I think, um, we pray once a week, no, once every two weeks. And for about an hour, we pray for the seminary. We pray for all the issues. And, uh, you know, we were just talking earlier about all the things that, that, that as a result of prayer, we avoid, you know, that, that, that could have happened but didn't happen because we were praying and seeking God's face. Uh, for the seminary, for the individuals, for our lives, you know, I, I really believe that that God sovereignly uh, directs our lives as as a response to uh, to prayers, not only for ourselves but for other people, other believers a- around the world uh, who are experiencing, um, you know, different things. Um, I remember one time a a church. Uh, wrote me and said they felt led to pray for me. And um, I was in a hurricane. You know, we were actually in the military required to sleep on our desk in in our offices as, as what we call fire watchers, like people in each building who would see if the roof would cave in, hopefully not on top of you. And so we had to stay there the whole night and, and that church felt led to pray. So I think sometimes uh, we need to respond when God burdens us to pray for someone, uh, to, to pray, you know, not knowing what their need is, but just he brings them to mind and you just say, okay, Lord, I don't know what their situation is, but we want you to bless them right now. There's been so many instances over the years where, you know, someone would come to mind multiple times. And when I was younger in my faith, I, it didn't click. Oh, I should be praying for them. Yes. But it's been amazing to see how now that I say, okay, this is, this is God bringing them to mind. This is the Holy Spirit showing me to pray. And it's amazing where we don't even need to know the person's situation because God does. Yeah. And yet there's times we're called to pray. There's times we're called to pray and also encourage. And there are so many instances where we get to hear the answers to prayer or we get to see the response where someone is encouraged. And yet there are many that we won't see, but there's a sense of confidence in knowing if we're coming before the Lord where he's invited us to come and we're communing with him and he's invited us to come boldly to his throne room of grace, uh, we know something's taking place. Yes. We may not know the specifics, the details, but we, we were just saying early, we, earlier, we have never walked away from a prayer meeting like, oh, I shouldn't have gone that day. <laughs> yes. Like it's always been an encouragement every single time without fail at the end of uh, the time together. It's, I always leave different. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I, I, I leave, you know, just overwhelmed with God's presence. And sometimes I leave feeling like that was encouraging. It's just a, a, a mix of good things that come from, you know, making prayer a priority and spending time. And I, I guess it takes time to get to the point where you're just, you see the value of it. But I wish Christians would, would get there quicker because they could do more. They could do more good I'm not going to say they wouldn't do things, but they could do more good things if they listened to God and learned how to discern his leading. You know, I said I love to teach and teaching is what I love, but I love to teach the word and I get from the word through prayer what God wants me, you know, to 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 focus on. I mean, I believe in study, I believe in understanding the languages and all that. But there's, there's something about just communing with God over his word that gives your teaching a, a spark, a, a life that uh, people sense hey, that now that teacher has got something different, you know, and you, you want to be able to communicate that uh, when you are standing before people. And you, and you should pray, pray also that God would not only give you 
something to say to people, but give you opportunities to say it. And uh, I believe that if you pray, he will. What has prayer been like in the classroom for you? Yeah, we start our, our classes in prayer and um, we start our semester, you know, dedicating the students to, uh, to the Lord. We commission the students at the end of the semester for the work of, uh, of the Lord has in store for them. I really believe that God's plan is so awesome that preparation is just to be expected, that, that whatever it is he has for you to do, it's got to require some kind of preparation to do it. I mean, I think Paul, I don't know how many years he spent, uh, you know, before, before he really got, it, got into, you know, more active ministry, Jesus, you know, 30 years, you know, so to me, to take two years or three years or whatever to prepare yourself for effective ministry is extremely wise and valuable. And the relationships, uh, you know, that I've, I've gained from studying together with other students and, and getting to know um, my faculty members who kept in touch with me even after I, I left the seminary and was away for 25 years. And uh, when I came back, some of them were still there. <laughs> and it was great to, to realize that they've been praying for me all that time and hoping for God and God's best, God's best for me and uh, my family. And it was just, it's such a privilege to be a part of serving with them uh, and in this season of life. What would you say to someone who maybe is listening and either they don't know Jesus or they're new in their faith, or maybe they've been in church for a while, but don't know the value of prayer. prayer. Oh, well, the first thing I would say is I feel sorry for you. I don't know if they'll appreciate that, uh, but <laughs> I, I really do because without, without seeing the value of prayer, you're always going to be hamstrung in ministry and everything else. And so I would say, first off, ask God to uh, give you a mentor who can help you walk through just some of the basic rudiments of, of praying. You know, one of the things that I really, really liked about the book on Henrietta Mears, she had a Saturday morning prayer, prayer time for her leaders, 6 a.m., <laughs> And at, 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 at 5.59, she started praying. And it was like, you could be late, but you walked in on a prayer meeting and they were going at it. And, you know, you got in there and you, you jumped in. And I was just so impressed with the, the way that she, she just prayed and, and didn't worry about, you know, knowing everything about what they were going to be praying about, but they, they just jumped in there. And, and she, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by uh, this lady. I hope you guys, if you, if you can get the book on Amazon, a used copy is, is only like $7, <laughs> but it would be gold. It's, it's gold. Yeah. Uh, I, I really recommend it. It sounds like an amazing book. I think, I feel grateful because I've grown up in a family with that has valued prayer. When I came to the point of my own surrender in my faith and went to different churches and was in ministry in a number of different churches, I've been blessed to be a part of congregations that also valued prayer, mm -hmm. had regular prayer meetings and groups that interceded for, for the church and for the community. And so when when asked to join the prayer team at, at DTS, it was like a no brainer for me uh, yeah. because just being able to see the faithfulness of God in that way, it's some people feel like prayer isn't doing anything. And I think that there's so much power in prayer that I think people sometimes want to go and do something first and then ask God to bless it versus praying and asking God, okay, how to do this, or should I do this? Yes. And then 
allowing that to be the springboard into where he would have you to be or go. And it's, it's just a tremendous privilege to be able to, to partner in prayer. I spent a lot of years doing it that way, uh, working and then asking God to, and, and, and I didn't get much done. But when I, when I realized that the other way around, if you pray first and then, then work, it just works out so much better. And I would recommend, I would recommend if you want to be effective uh, to, to develop a prayer life, you know, and, and, and look at some of the leaders that you, you know around you, you know, who, who have a prayer life and spend some time with them, you know, and ask them questions about what does it mean to spend an hour in prayer? How, how can you do that? Or, you know, I mean, what do you say? <laughs> don't you get tired? Don't you begin to repeat yourself? I mean, and, and they can tell you that it's like a conversation. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody for an hour? Well, yeah, you know, sometimes you can talk with them for three or four hours. Well, that's what it is. You're talking to him and he's talking to you through his word and you're just having a conversation and it's so rich that you come out of it edified and built up. And then when you have it with other believers, it's like, wow, who wouldn't want to have a conversation like that? You know, who wouldn't want to? It's, it's, it's really like a no brainer. It is, it's such a gift. To be in a prayer ministry is hidden and yet on the front lines. Yes, yeah. And it's, it's an incredible joy to be able to pray and then see God answer. And even if we don't get the report from someone, but just being able to discern a situation changing or, or see the fruit of prayer, there's nothing like it. Yeah, no, it's sweet. It's sweet. And you know, it's not so important that we get credit for praying you know, we don't even announce it really. But if God gets the glory, if he gets the credit, if his name is exalted, that's, that's, that's good enough. Yes, yes. That's what it's about. That is what it's about. Well, we always end our time at Mission Uplift taking just a few moments to pray. And I'd love if you'd, if you'd be willing to, to pray for the listeners, however you feel led that people would be able to draw closer to Jesus, whether it's for the first time or it's just someone who has served God their entire life and just coming into a new place in, in prayer that it would come alive. Yeah. Who would be willing to pray for that? I would. And you know, that I feel so, so, so blessed to have uh, brothers and sisters to pray with. And I just can't imagine, I just can't imagine you walking through this Christian life without that sweet kind of fellowship, the, the, the fellowship of sitting with God and, and having him minister to you. And so I'm going to pray, but I just want you to know that this morning, you know, Psalm 103, and, and this is, this is uh, you know, from my quiet time this morning, and I'm just going to read it and then just pray and easily give you an idea, I hope, of just how, how quickly time can fly by. <laughs> so let's pray. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the blessings that you pour on us. You, you said that as children of Abraham, that you would, you would make us a blessing to the nations. And that because of Abraham's obedience, we are his children. And we are, we are blessed with the blessings of Abraham. And Lord, I just uh, do thank you so much for blessing our souls and blessing letting us bless the Lord in return. Uh, it's almost like a, a going back and forth. The Lord blesses us, we bless him 
him back and um, thank you for your forgiveness. Oh, Father, for all the things that we have done through the blood of Jesus, thank you for washing us and, and healing us and making us what you want us to be. He redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. Lord, thank you for the, for the reminder in this passage of the fact that you brought Israel out of Egypt for your purposes in the promised land. And Lord, we thank you that you used Moses, that he was a man of prayer, that he was humble before you and was willing to do uh, the impossible things, you know, that you did through him in, in all the plagues and things that you put on Egypt through him and the parting of the Red Sea and the taking of the people into the, the very entrance of the promised land. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our, our transgressions from us. Oh, Father, what an encouragement this is. What you have done for us is so amazing, so awesome that we could praise you for this for the rest of our lives. And, and we thank you for, for taking our sins and moving them from as far as the east is from the west. Thank you that you are merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Lord, what a gracious and loving God you are. Thank you for drawing us to yourself, Lord. I pray that you would be drawing people in this audience to yourself and giving them the longing in their hearts to fellowship and commune with you each day. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and it is, its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. Lord, we respect you. We honor you. We, we want to be recipients of your steadfast love because we know we're, we're, we're only dust. We're only here for a season and you're the God of eternity. And we want you to be honored through our lives, uh, not just for, for a few days or months or years, but we want our whole lives to be dedicated and completely devoted to you and to honoring your name. To those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his, of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Oh, Father, as we come to this time of just closing, we just bless your name. We give you praise for your steadfast love and mercy, for hearing our prayers, Lord, uh, for being near to the brokenhearted and for healing the, those who are crushed in spirit. Lord, for being gracious and merciful to forgive our sins, to just pour out your goodness and grace upon us. Oh Lord, I wish that we had more time 
to praise your name. But Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for David in, in writing Psalm 103 and reminding us here thousands of years later how good and how gracious you are to us. Lord, I pray that every person here would go away from this meeting feeling that they had been with you and that you had, you had blessed them and that they now want to spend more time with you, that it, that it would be a privilege to be able to just go through a psalm and praise and worship you uh, in this way. Thank you so much for our brothers and sisters, and I pray, especially for Jen, it's, as she continues with this podcast, and I, I give you all glory and honor for what you did so many years ago by sending your son. We, we do rejoice and say joy to the world. Amen. 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 Dr. Orr, thank you so much for taking the time to to share your story and to share the power of prayer in your life personally and in your ministry in so many different settings, how, how God has brought you to many different places. And yet he's, he's, he's remained the same. He's been great in all those places. And you've had the opportunity to experience him in different ways through praying all over the world. It really is an incredible testimony. And he's not finished yet. He's not, he's not. <laughs> He's not. I'm so grateful for you. I know, I think that one of the greatest gifts that I've received from being a student at DTS, from being a staff member, has most certainly been the prayer team that we're all a part of. And Me I'm grateful too. that I've been able to, to get to know you and pray with you and serve with you. And I, I'm so grateful that you took the time today. Amen. God bless you too. And God bless all the people who listened. I so enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Orr about the power of prayer. He has an amazing testimony and is so generous with his wisdom. I am grateful for the opportunity to get to know him while serving on the seminary prayer team together. If you've been blessed by this message, leave a comment on our social media for Dr. Orr. Or if you know him personally, send him an email and tell him that you were encouraged. Let's continue to uplift the uplifters. Our fourth and final week of Uplifting Prayer is this Monday, January 25th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on the Mission Uplift YouTube channel. Faith Cannings, Monique Jennings, Margaret Tolliver, and myself, we're going to come together for a panel discussion on prayer, and then we're going to close out our series in a time of prayer. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you can receive notifications when we go live. I hope to see you there in the chat. As always, thank you for stopping by today. I'm always grateful. See you next week with another uplifting episode.